This is a HeadGum Podcast. Today's show is sponsored by Miracle Made. And oh my God, you guys, you know that I love a luxurious set of sheets. And I now have such a set of sheets because of a Miracle Made. They are bedding that has been inspired by NASA. They've got silver-infused fabrics that actually make temperature regulating a thing. Uh, so you're not, like, getting too hot or too cold or whatever. You know, the whole thing that happens with your body's temperature losing its mind, Miracle Made helps with that. One of the little things that my husband particularly loves about Miracle Made is that it, like, doesn't have as much bacteria as regular sheets because of it's infused with this silver that prevents up to 99.7% of bacterial growth. So it leaves the sheets cleaner for longer. And then the thing for my husband is that it doesn't give him acne, which is like an issue for some people. But more than all of that, it's just luxuriously comfortable and delightful. And it has that cooling feeling while also being cozy. Very hard to achieve those two things at the same time. I mean, miracle made. Come on. Well done. So here's what I think you should do. I think you should go to trymiracle.com slash fake the nation and buy some sheets today. And if you order today, you can save 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION at the checkout, and you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. So there's just a lot of savings here, folks. Order today. You'll get 40% off. Use the promo code FAKETHENATION. Go to trymiracle.com slash FAKETHENATION. And Miracle's so confident in their product, it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you're not 100% satisfied which I don't see happening, um, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash fakethenation and use the code fakethenation to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash fakethenation to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. Fake the Nation, episode 271. Uh, hello, hello. Welcome to Fake the Nation, where we talk about news, we talk about culture, and where we also talk about microdosing mushrooms, but are ultimately too scared to do it. I'm your host, Nikine Farsad, and folks, it's not that I'm scared. I just, like, don't know where to get it. You know what I mean? Who do I go to? Is it something they sell at the bodega? Do I just go and say to someone, I want a microdose at Kroger's, and then they tell me it's in aisle one? You know what I mean? How does it happen? Uh, someone tell me, uh, Fake the Nation listeners, I'm all ears on the social medias. Today, we're going to talk about parasocial relationships. We're going to talk about the Emmys. We're going to talk about the infamous Instagram papers uh, and so much more, uh, or really just those things. And I am so excited by the panel we have in store for you today. Um, you have, uh, you know this woman, she's been on the show umpteen times. You love her. She's fantastic. She's an actor, a comedian, host of the show Two Beers In, a tipsy political roundtable. And she's been on a ton of like uh, fancy pants TV things. Don't worry about it, okay? You stick to your own self. Folks, it's Cody Linquist. Hello. Oh my gosh. Good to see you. 
so good to see you. Um, and also joining us today, I've been such a fan of this guy for such a long time. Um, and I can't, I honestly can't believe this is the first time that they're doing the show. Uh, you can see, uh, you can see him on Amy Schumer's new Hulu show, uh, or as a regular on the HBO show, Somebody Somewhere, because if there's anything we know about Murray Hill is that Murray Hill is so showbiz. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Murray Hill. Hey, Murray. Showbiz. Thank you for that introduction. And um, you're the only woman in the world that I would wake up this early to talk to. <laughs> and you too, Cody. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. I love that it's early for you. I have children. I've been up for like 50 Several hours at this hours. point. I just yeah, don't yeah, sleep. Yeah, I, don't yeah. Sleep. I had a full day already. Yeah. yeah. Sorry, uh, not my problem. <laughs> <laughs> I can drop them um, off. I'm happy to. Um, by the way, uh, Murray's playing all cool, but I saw Murray have like the cutest ever lunch date with uh, with a family, like a teenage family member or whatever. So I've seen Murray in the it's my ex girlfriend's <laughs> sister's kid. How's that it's for so chosen cute. family? It's so my nephew. It was honestly, it was like the cutest thing I I happened to walk by that week. So uh, thanks for giving me that. Uh, by the way, before we get into the show, folks, patreoncom Nagin Farsad is where you can join um, Patreon. And thanks so much for the folks that have been joining. I'm so uh, just, I'm flattered and I'm um, I'm just, I'm blushing. Uh, I uh, th- We have a, a really fun episode coming out, this bonus episode coming out this week with Dan Pashman from Sporkful and comedian Marcella Arguello. Uh, we talk about time, what we do with time. Um, it's a really great bonus episode. Uh, I also did this crazy thing where I made a playlist for Patreon members. Uh, if you join now, I will send you the playlist that I made a, a couple weeks ago um, because I'm one of those people that used to make a lot of mixed CDs for my friends um, because I love making jam. Like uh, I, I still love doing that, just making mixed CDs and like drawing on the cover and doing a whole stupid thing. Uh, I can't do that anymore. So instead, it's like a Spotify playlist, which is a little less personalized because I can't, you can't see my handiwork uh, on the art front, um, but you can see the jams that I think are super fun. So anyways, join us at patreon.com slash Nagin Farsad, and I'm so grateful for the people who already have. So let's get into it with topic number one. I uh, didn't watch the Emmys, but let's talk about it. <laughs> I didn't either. Let's just talk about the things we didn't watch. That's that's what uh, white women do a lot is they talk about yeah. stuff they don't know about. I'm happy to I'm happy to be that. Hey, Muslims do it all the time too. You're not alone. Um, no, I I didn't watch, but I watched a lot of clips. I like paid attention to what was trending, and I um, the first thing that I noticed that was trending, uh, which I thought was like a little irritating was the Seth Rogen speech. Um, Murray, you watched the show. Oh, I think I actually was microdosing gummies during <laughs> Seth Rogen's part. I, that's the only part I didn't see. Well, apparently, I don't know, Cody, did you see that clip? He was, like, complaining about the COVID protocols or whatever at the Emmys. Yes, yes, I did see that clip. Yeah, so he was basically like, this is too small of a space, and they told us there wasn't going to be room, whatever. He, like, complained about the the setting um, and that it wasn't, vi- you know, it, it didn't feel very COVID safe. And the thing that I found annoying about that <laughs> was that the entire industry 
is currently operating with the same protocols that they used at the Emmys. So if you didn't like the Emmys in action, then you should shut down every single production because what they had to do to go to the Emmys was prove that they were double vaccinated and also prove that they had a negative COVID test before going. And that's what we have to do as actors, right? And as crew members. Well, some of us got the Johnson and Johnson. So some of us are still single vaxxed, but that also counts. So just, you know, have to speak for my J&J folks. Right. No, no, you're right. And maybe, and and I don't even, I just said double vaxxed. Maybe it just was like proof of vaccination. But point is, like, what? I mean, it just like, it felt a little like ridiculous to me because I'm like, oh, so are you shutting down whatever production you're working on or, it's you know hard what I mean? Because it looks like a party. That's the difference. Like when someone sees a TV show, they just, they think like, oh, it's this seamless thing. It's, you know, not reality, whatever. So they're not right, thinking right, right, about right. the COVID protocols. But right, when right. you see the Emmys and people just sitting there laughing and, you know, eating and drinking and that stuff, that it has a different sort of like feel to it. So it looks to everybody else like it's just this free-for-all party. So yeah. I don't know, talking about the co- I mean, COVID I get protocols. It, but, it's, but the Emmys are also just a TV show. That's true. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they're literally this is for, the, the bi- for the entertainment business and it is entertainment. I just feel like no one knows what to do anymore at all. We're no all fucking confused. Do. Everybody is like making these weird decisions in their head about what's safe and what's not. And most of it is not safe or maybe it is if we're vaccinated. Who the fuck knows? Who knows? None of us know. And no everybody's one. complaining that they're either there's too much or there's not enough. And I feel like, right? Like some people are saying, like, I can't well, believe. What, what they didn't put, uh, what they didn't write in the, the news feeds was that Seth Rogen is a good friend of Nicki Minaj's. <laughs> so, you know, before. Wait a second. You know, is he is a friend true? of Nicki Minaj's cousin? How Just, big are those that's balls? exactly what happened. And, you know, Seth Rogen was complaining because that's what he does. I'm not going to say it's based on his culture or religion or background or anything like that, but it might be. And, you know, his balls are swollen. He had a horrible suit on. And he doesn't have any uh, good shows. And that TV show he did last year bombed. So, of course, he's going to complain about COVID Wait, because he needs to get in the headlines. Show, well, I think his TV show was nominated for stuff. Right? I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Now, All look, I know is that I just, it was I terrible. I want to just say for the record that I liked Seth Rogen's suit. So let me just get that out there before you we did? start piling on. I enjoyed the look. But Murray, you watched the whole thing. Tell us about, like, what is one thing that stood out to you that you loved, hated, what? You know, I uh, I did love Jennifer Coolidge, her presentation. Did you hear about that? No. What happened? She, first of all, you know, I've been a big fan of her for years and years and years. And she's great in White Lotus. And uh, so she gets up there and she does a real deadpan, you know, she wants to thank how brave, you know, these nominees are and how hard it is and, and how, you know, she just builds up like empathy and this and that. And then she's talking about straight white men. <laughs> And it just killed. Right, 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 it right. Absolutely killed. And she's like, it must be so hard for you guys. And I'm really here. You know, it was just, 
Killed it. That's hilarious. Very showbiz. Um, so one of the things that we uh, here at Fake the Nation talk about um, is the politics of stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I well, – part of the reason I wanted to talk about the Emmys is because – so there was a push for the Emmys to be more diverse. And I think in the actual show, it was, in fact, more diverse. Um, you know, Cedric the Entertainer hosted. Um, I think Reggie Watts was doing music. Um, I think – uh, the the nominees were just like you know the the most diverse slate of nominees, um, but the winners were overwhelmingly white uh, in the acting uh, categories. Um, Cody, what did you make of that? As a white woman, is that uh, why that's <laughs> turned? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, listen, I think it's it's frustrating because. Of, one of the things I thought was great about it is so many women won. So, you know, we're cheering for that. It's always two steps forward, two steps back. You know, like we're never really quite getting to the exact spot that we need to be. You know, it's frustrating. It's still it's still an industry that's dominated by young, hot white people are still going to be the leads and things. And then, you know, they're trying to fill in the gaps and make it better, but it's slow going. It's hard. And I think it's good to demand more and to, um, you know, the more, the more diverse TV we're getting, the more opportunities it is for diverse voices to also get recognized at award ceremonies. So, right. you know, it's an uphill climb when we're, we're getting there. It's not great. It's not perfect, but I'm happy that a lot of women won. Um, but yeah, hopefully we'll keep moving towards getting better at this stuff. You know, because right. like it's more about I oh. just want to see I don't want to see the stories. I don't want to see the same stories of like white men's stories anymore. I'm over it. I've seen literally every white male story in Iteration. the world. Just like I want to see that stuff on TV. And the more we see it, the more hopefully they'll be recognized in the awards. Murray? <laughs> Um, what's that saying? The curtain doesn't match the drapes. Is that the saying? <laughs> uh, that the, I don't know if that's a bad yeah, no, lady, ladies for real. Is that the saying? Yeah, that's, I think that's saying. the saying. No, wait. The curtain okay, doesn't the match the carpet. No, the carpet. The doesn't carpet match doesn't the, match the drapes. The carpet, the carpet doesn't, doesn't match the drapes. The drapes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. And, and I, I don't know if you both identify as women, so I'm sorry if I said ladies, but no, no, so, we, I do. Yeah. Okay. Yes. So the saying, the carpet doesn't match the drapes. Okay. That's what I think about the Emmys because I watch TV. I watch all of it, all the new shows, everything. And it really, it's mind blowing how much it's changed in the last five to 10 years, as far as, you know, other people's stories. Right. So I'm watching TV. I'm watching Pose, May I Destroy mm-hmm. You, yeah. you know, Narcos, you know, all these different kind of sh- Lovecraft cut, all these different shows. And that's the drapes. But then the carpet is all the winners from the crown. It, right. d- it doesn't make any sense. It's like, <laughs> which is, what the fuck's which is going on here? a good show. We're not, we're not knocking the crown, you know, but yeah, it's frustrating because I also feel like the higher ups always have a hard time catching up to, you know, the people who are in charge of things. Yeah. Plus, that means, let's not forget, it's all about fucking money. Who has the money to like run the, you know, uh, campaign to see who wins the stuff? So the industry is still putting their money behind the crown. You know, they're not putting their money behind um, the smaller things that I mean yeah. I just want to po- okay so there's a th- there's a couple of things going on first of all I think it's incredible that we had a, such a diverse uh, list of nominees 
then when you're sitting down to vote and then, you know, I'm sure like the Oscars, the Emmys is doing all this stuff about the voting members or whatever. Um, and there's probably more they can do. But when we're sitting down to vote, it's like you're like, do I think so? The, for example, lead male. I mean, you're, you're looking at. So the guy, Josh O'Connor from The Crown, won. Uh, he did a fantastic do- job. Like, would it have been great if Rege, I'm, I'm probably messing up his name, Jean Page from Bridgerton won? Ah, uh, he I was. Mean, yeah, that would have mm. been that would have been great. He was extremely hot, but like, I actually do think that that role wasn't like the kind of role you win an Emmy for. But the one Those Josh sex scenes like, were good. That that's some Emmy awarding hey, sex scenes. No, okay, no, you're right. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like. It's like I don't know. I'm, it's it, 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 it. Then we're looking at like we're putting a lot of pressure on people to ju- like you know to. It's like it's if the if the part of me is like why didn't more people of color win? And part of me is like, but then what do we do? Say don't vote for white shows if you really loved a white show. That's well, also weird. You know what I mean? It's like what do we say? I'm not exactly sure. Like how to get the winners, how, like how do you get the carpets to match the drapes other than having them all, like everyone be nominated? Well, we have to change our opinion of what is worthy of an award, right? That's always been the problem. Like, okay, if you, you know, a, a black person can only win if they play a slave and a white person can win if they have a right. British accent and they right, have like, right, right, you know, right, they're right. playing like a queen from England or whatever. We have these ideas of what's like highbrow, like what's worthy of winning. And yet what what does constitute a good performance? And it's all clouded by our right, issues. Right, it's sort of, right. And and I think, and, and, and right there, you're showing my bias, which is like, to me, uh, Bridgerton was just like so um, fun and ridiculous. Like it didn't, like to me, it wasn't like the kind of show that necessarily wins Emmys, right? It's like the kind of show that wins Emmys is The Crown, right? So you're absolutely right. Like, can we broaden our minds to include these other things and maybe that'll help like you know even even the field and then the other annoying thing is it's like we have such a it's like you're okay like let's just talk about muslims or whatever (laughs) you know there's like two muslim shows and then you have to just pray that like one of them makes it and then it's like you have to pray that that one can then beat out five other things like that's it's like the odds are still obscenely stacked against us, but they're stacked against us because we just didn't have access to the pipeline for in the mm-hmm. our entire existence in America. And they want everybody and, to fight for the scraps. So it's right. like, so okay, it's like we're still going to finance this show, but then we have one spot for diversity and that could be a woman or an yeah, LGBTQ. Exactly, exactly, or, you know, exactly. it's like, oh, cool. Thanks. Yeah. Because we're all the same. Like, is. Exactly. So then it's like, so, so then it's just really annoying because just numbers wise, then you're like, well, yeah, like it's, um, we're not going to win. There won't be a Muslim winner. Like they're, 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 it's just almost statistically impossible because we're starting out with such a a slow number. (laughs) Now, hold on a minute. I'm going to say something a little hopeful because, you know, I love showbiz. Yes, you Uh, do. 
you know, I don't think it's impossible. I think what we're see- what's what we're seeing in, in oh my pop God, culture. This is good. I, I, is, I can't believe I, I've been the voice of pessimism. Yes, Murray, I know. please. Well, you, got, you know, you said never. And, you know, you're looking at somebody <laughs> who's middle aged and the longest overnight success story in show business. <laughs> and I still haven't fucking made it yet. <laughs> you're okay. on HBO. It Get is, out of here. Not, it hasn't come out okay. yet. <laughs> show business. Better not be any more goddamn pandemics or government raids. Anyway. Uh, staying positive, is what I think is happening now is if something is actually really well done and has a compelling story, and it can be a unique story, one that hasn't heard before, I think there's such, um, there's as you said, pipeline. The pipeline is huge now. There's so much access to streaming and all these shows that, you know, these niche shows can get huge audiences and make a difference. Like Pose wasn't like a big, huge hit, but a lot of people saw it. And that's a story that I never in my lifetime would have thought was on TV. Yeah, no, so I do think I do think it can bubble up. Now it's going to take some time, I think, to get there. But it's it's coming faster. I think you're absolutely right because one thing is okay. Emmys are one thing, and maybe it doesn't even matter who gets the Emmy because ultimately Billy Porter makes a bigger cultural splash than any of the people he was running against in that, you know, in that Mm -hmm. category. Right. Exactly. Like Billy Porter's such a, like, it's like everyone pays attention to what Billy Porter's doing, what he's wearing, what I, you know what I mean? So I feel like um, you're making an excellent point and I'm sorry. I had a, like a, a low, moment for a second there where it felt like no one I like <laughs> like we were never really gonna win anything this but is you're right it's the constant right. fight and battle and I feel like this battle is going on in all facets of society where things are changing for the better but they feel slow to us who need them to change but to the rest of the world they feel fast so Right, right, right. It's right, this right, like right. constant yeah, battle yeah. between and like I'm we sympath- feel you know like what have you been waiting our yeah. whole lives for this? And other people are like, Whoa, slow down. Yeah. <laughs> White men yeah. had it had a pretty good spot for, you know, most of American history. Yeah, so yeah. it takes you know. a minute. So it feels slow it, takes- it feels fast to them and slow to us. Folks, what did you think of the Emmy? Should they be doing more? Were you annoyed by the winners? Or were you a huge Crown fan? Because I was. I'm actually a big Crown fan. So, like, I also get it. I also get it. You know? You sound like my dentist. (laughs) Um, By the way, we really need to talk about your molars. Um, Folks, let's take a quick break. And when we come back, we'll talk about other things. I am the type of person that has subscribed to things, and I have forgotten about those things. I have paid twice for a children's educational app, and I didn't know that I was paying twice for several months. Until that is, I discovered Rocket Money, and because I use Rocket Money, it just showed up all these things. The thing that I was paying twice for that made me incredibly angry, thank God, Rocket Money ended that for me. It also cancels the subscription for you, so you don't have to like go through the hassle of going to that site and figuring out how to cancel. They actually make canceling very difficult. I don't know if any of you have had the experience, but I have been on a like a roundabout eight exit nightmare trying to unsubscribe to something before. Rocket 
pocket money eliminates that hassle. It also alerts you to an increase in subscription price. And this is something Rocket Money did for me. It negotiates a lower price for something you already subscribe to. So like for my cable bill, it got me a lower price. And I was very happy about that. Nearly 75% of people have subscriptions that they've forgotten about, which makes me feel better because I'm one of them. But it makes me feel terrible because what are we doing? Losing that money. Uh, I don't want to waste that money. And I know you don't want to waste that money. If you struggle with these kinds of purchases, if you struggle with finances in general, Rocket Money will help you with the budgeting, help you track your expenses, help you, like I said, cancel those unwanted subscription. It's a personal finance app that finds and cancels unwanted subscriptions. It monitors your spending. It helps you lower your bills so you can get back to saving. I mean, me and my husband have been on the warpath and rocket money has been a really big part of that. It has over 5 million users with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. The average member has saved up to $740 a year using the app's features, which is, I mean, that tracks for me. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions. Go to rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Again, that's rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Save the money at rocketmoney.com slash fake the nation. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. And we're ready for topic number two. <laughs> Apparently, Facebook sucks again. Um, again? But this time... <laughs> Are you guys so so surprised? Uh, They're in the news because the Wall Street Journal got a hold of a trove of Instagram research uh, documents that shows that uh, Facebook has known that Instagram is harmful. By the way, Facebook owns Instagram, if you forgot for one second that that's the case. Um, That Facebook has basically known that Instagram is harmful to young girls. And strangely, they weren't transparent about it. (laughs) What? No, Uh, don't believe Mark Zuckerberg is just the picture of transparency. <gasps> oh, me. I meant his skin. He's translucent, not transparent. That's different. <laughs> so I guess, um, Murray, did you find any of this surprising with, uh, I guess, fa- Facebook knowing that Instagram was harmful to girls? Um, we could talk about the ways in which they're harmful, but just like when you saw this headline, what'd you think? Well, I mean, sadly, now I'll be the negative one. (laughs) Not that you were negative before. It's it's not surprising. It's it's the same as it's always been, but magnified times a million. So you know, their response was like, "Well, like it." That was so disheartening because it it is really affecting girls and boys and everybody, and it's like permanent damage. And they don't give a shit. They they actually legit. Do not care. And it's because they're girls and they're teenagers and they're commodity and money. Yeah. What she said about the Emmys, it's about money. And it's 
And it's like, they don't care about these girls' lives. It's very depressing. So, Cody, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you some of the things that they found. And you're a mom, so I'm curious to know what you think. Um, you want me to start crying? <laughs> yeah, just live. That's what this podcast like, is Just for. on the show. Yeah, that's what we want to do. Um, so apparently the big problem with Instagram that, it, you know, is, that isn't the case. Like TikTok is a short video app. It's grounded in performance, and mm-hmm. Snapchat is is um, is is kind of sheltered because they use a lot of jokey filters that keep the focus on a, like a ridiculous filter that's on a face. But Instagram focuses heavily on the body, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, mine does. You, it's, so right, and so when when it's a you're joke. I, I don't show my boobs on Instagram. Um, <laughs> when uh, you know when they especially especially something like the Explore page they've they pointed out um, serves users photos and videos that are curated by an algorithm, and sometimes that algorithm is harmful. Like if you end up looking at a exercise thing, a lot of the stuff that ends up in that in your feed or in the explore page will cater to the exercise thing, which will be really like heavily body focused. Right. So among teens who reported suicidal thoughts, 13% of British users and 6% of American users trace the desire to kill themselves to Instagram. That's one uh, piece By the of way, research showed that. I think that's an important distinction that they're saying that the, of people that reported having suicidal thoughts, that 13% 13% of them. 13% of Yeah, right. Because when I read that at first, I thought, oh, my gosh, 13% of teens want to kill themselves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So so it's 6% of people who have reported it. Right, right. uh, Which is still terrible. But In America, 13% in the UK. I mean, look, I grew up in the 90s and the waif was the thing. Like, uh, you know, women, all the models were like 90 pounds dripping wet and had bodies of prepubescent boys. So that wasn't a great time for people uh, of my generation to grow up as well. It's always been pervasive. I mean, the sad thing is that this is constant. Like the barrage of social media is just, it's an onslaught. Like you could, maybe you're, you could see like a magazine at the grocery store, right? When I was a teenager or preteen, but, or I didn't buy it or whatever, but this is just unbelievably pervasive. It's everywhere. And Everything. to that point, another piece of of the research showed that teens actually reported wanting to get off of the app, like and just log off of the app because they knew because it was actively actively making them feel horrible. Oh. But they had a hard time actually logging off, and they were they just basically reported that they lacked the self control to do it. Um, <sighs> that's something that's sort of built into the app. We that resonates with me as an adult, like yeah, having for a sure. hard time to log off. Well, having a hard time to it's addicting. Yeah, to tell yourself not to do anything. It's, it's created to it's created to make us addicted to it, and we're adults and we're addicted. And you know, thirteen year old teenagers they they don't have the you know the skills or the willpower any of that stuff yet to even try to wean themselves off of this because everybody's you know, doing it. And if it. I leave, well, all my friends will be there. So even if I don't want to be there, I want to see my friends, like that sort of stuff. I think it's interesting because Instagram is not the, it's not the app that teens like. They're not really into it. Like the preteen set, like my niece, they, they're not really into Instagram. They like what are they using? TikTok, love TikTok, right. love Snapchat. So I wonder if like survival of the fittest, like if 
you know, the Darwinian um, evolution of this is that Instagram will just die. Like, Instagram well, is yeah, like, I mean, it's possible. I mean, I think maybe even because of its affiliation with Facebook that it could. I mean, Facebook is for just, like but, old ladies. And then yeah, no, Instagram there, is for like, is like, older, in a death spiral. like less old ladies like me, like middle of the old ladies. And, you know, <laughs> but like Facebook is like just basically grandma's like sharing memes. Um, but 40% of Instagram's users are 22 years and, and younger. Wow. Uh, and that's 22 more than I million teens log on to Instagram in the US each day, compared with 5 million who log on to Facebook. Oh my gosh. Uh, so the numbers are still like, yeah, but I think you're definitely right that part of the thing that's going on here is huge competition from Snapchat and TikTok. And they're just like, how can we compete while also being different? And part of what makes sets them apart, Murray, is like the filters, right? These like beautification filters. Now, again, uh, you have a chosen family that are in their tender years. Um, you know, what do you think of like of, of kids that age kind of having access to these filters that make them look you know, good that in in an abnormal, like in a way that's not achievable in regular humanity, you know, with these filters. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I you know, I got to tell you both, I'm guilty of knocking off a couple of chins <laughs> on that, you know, on that beauty plus app that, you know, like, I'm like, oh, I got to, you know, I'm, I'm single, I'm dating again, my back's killing me, I'm going to, you know, clean up a couple of these chins. So, I mean, I do. Do you wear a filter uh, in real life when you go on the date? <laughs> I know this is an audio uh, program, but yes, um, if you can see it right just, now, this youthful glow. I just want to point out but that no, Murray has a fantastic personality. <laughs> yeah, I think that's coming through. There's no filter to, to douse that. But uh, no, I think th this is an old reference because you said you were uh, from the 90s, mm -hmm. Cody. And, uh, you know, uh, I love, you know, I'm a feminist. I love women. I used to be one. So I'm going to, this reference is from, do you remember Ms. Magazine at the, at the back cover page where they would put an ad, they would show an ad that objectified women. Do you remember that? No. No. What I'm was going, the ad? I'm going back too far. What was the ad? I yeah, never actually ad? picked up a Ms. Magazine, if we're honest. So this was, you know, this is like forever ago. They would always feature one real ad from society and print it and say like how screwed up it was and how much it objectified women. And it was like, it was filtered, oh. not like today, but it was like, you know, these like horrible images of women as like, you know, legs and like a, it was just nuts. Anyway, a tangent that no one gets the reference. So we'll <laughs> shelve that for another time. But uh, I think it's terrible. I, I think it's terrible, but I'm going to, have a small pinhole light of optimism okay. here. Because, you know, I grew up on a fridge and I will say all the filters, all that stuff is so screwed up. It's messing up with everybody's mind. But then we also get to see someone like Lizzo. Oh, Lizzo. And Lizzo Love has, Lizzo. I don't know, what, 18 million Cardi B, 18 million followers. And... She is saying to all of this culture in, in their new song that came out, Rumors, fuck you. This is my body and this is what it is. And we get to see that. Like th we never got to see that before. 
when we were, when the when we were kids. There is so much like an, another. There's option. so much more options. You're right. Like that is definitely a bright spot. Is that there was one type of beauty when when we were all growing up? I'm sure. Yeah. Right. Right. And exactly. it was like you know it was the it was the Kate Moss. Yeah. And I didn't we even know. I mean, up. just like not even just about looks too, just like what, what women should be like, how women should act. Like we all thought, even the liberal people who thought they were feminists were, you know, really not <laughs> kind to women. Um, so, you know, th- that is definitely true. There's, th- it's pervasive now, but there's more options and we're seeing all types of body shapes so and then colors. I think what's and- happening here is that I think the big horrible culprit are the algorithms because the Mm -hmm. algorithms are are serving up shit that is making you feel terrible because you expressed interest in a little bit of interest in them at some point and then they just keep doing it to you and then looking at a perfect thigh and looking at a perfect you know and looking at someone with like negative chins which is by the way murray we all have double chins it's like it doesn't make sense it's like so we're just we're learning to stare i i mean look uh, I try very hard not to scroll through Instagram, but when I do see a thigh, I get obsessed with looking at that thigh and I zoom into the thigh. I'm looking for cellulite. You know what I mean? I'm not finding- How's the relationship with your husband? (laughs) (laughs) Does he know you're scrolling and looking at thighs? What the hell's wrong with you? I'm looking at the- It could be a male thigh. Your husband's a baby. It could be a male thigh. I wish it it was sexual. I'm looking at thighs as a self-hating mechanism. That's how I'm looking at other- women's thighs. Well, you know, you make a good point. You said it's not sexual. It's, it's, it's so, not it's sexual like, like the at ultimate all. ultimate objectification. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? It's literal. And then it's just yeah. like, how do they have that thigh? Why don't I have that thigh? I want that thigh. It's, and I, you know, and I'm not a teenager. So by the way, um, so some of the, they interviewed a bunch of like exec, Facebook executives about like, what if we got rid of the algorithms? Like, what if we got rid of this and that? And uh, one of the former executives said, you know, people use IG because of competition. That's the fun part to feel this kind of competitive streak with with the celebrities that you could never possibly look like. They spend hours a day on their appearance and they use all of the filters. Um, one use uh, and and I'm uh, sorry, let me see what else I wanted to say. One one user and this this really made me sad uh, talked about there's a filter that made her cheeks look thinner and decidedly less Nicaraguan. Oh and she my was doing gosh. that for a while, right? Because she had these like kind of, cl- cl- I guess, classical Nicaraguan features and the filter was sort of like Euro- Europeanizing them. Um, and then after a while, that made her feel shitty. And, and it just, that's the other thing I think we don't realize about these filters. It's not just that they're like making people look skinnier or whatever. It's changing they're their features. They're also like changing their features to like these European features that, God, God damn, I'm so, I've grown up, I can't look at any more generations. Like I grew up with a grandmother who wished they looked more like white people, with a mom who yeah. had that, with me who, I, I just like, please, let's, we have to stop that thing it of is trying so, to look like Europeans. It is so hard too, because it really does, all of that is formed when you are younger. And you have to fight against whatever you learned when you were younger. It just like sets the tone for your whole life. I like, I have three brothers. I grew up in a time where the internet was like beginning, but not like crazy. And I had no body image issues because I basically didn't know I had a body (laughs) 
because I was like <laughs> growing up as a man. Are you Irish Catholic? Uh, yes, I am. Uh, <laughs> but I was just growing up as a, you know, just tomboy, just like, I don't know, wearing flannel shirts, guys. Wanted to be Angela Chase from My So-Called Life. That was my, that's all I knew. But wow, th- those times. Those times, thank you so much. Um, those times are gone now. Like, even if you want to have a simpler existence, fighting against the tide of social media for your children is really hard. It's so hard. You can't, yeah. you just can't ignore it in a lot of ways. And then everyone I know is still trying to change what they learned when they were 13. So anyway, um, I give up. I'm just going to drop my kids off at a desert island and go pick them like, up when they're 18. <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not right. to be a buzzkill. Okay, kill. Murray, I, yeah, you're, you're going to close us up here, Murray. So choose your words carefully. Be a buzzkill, but then turn it around. That's us, your challenge. Tell us how to do this, Murray. We're confused. <laughs> oh, no, I was just going to... Oh, no, no, shit, be, a buzz kill, this, be a buzzkill. Be a buzzkill. You're ready. Be a buzz ready. Kill, but I'm a comedian. I got a colorful personality. <laughs> uh, the algorithms, you know, that's just the end piece. And really the problem here and this is this is a buzzkill okay. i've never even said this yeah, publicly we'll out loud yeah. is it's capitalism oh yeah all and, right yes and capitalism is run by in this country white men so there's a disconnect and yeah. You know, okay. That's des- now. Now we have to go home. No, I didn't. No, we're ending every segment talking about white rich men ruining okay, everything. Okay. I'm, I'm going to say with. something. I'm going to say something hopeful. Here we go. This is what. It, this is the hopeful thing that we can end on, which is that the tobacco industry play use the same. <laughs> we're going to end on tobacco industry. <laughs> no, but like Senator Blumenthal, um, may, he said something like Facebook seems to be taking a page from the textbook of big tobacco targeting teens and potentially dangerous products while masking the science in public. And in fact, that is that it, when I read about the Instagram papers, I, that's immediately what I thought about is that this ha- we already saw this happen in the 70s and 80s and whenever that was. And guess what happened to the tobacco industry? They- we fucking... They murdered millions of people, <laughs> and then we and then we took them to task, and now they and every and so many people got lung cancer that shouldn't have. But then, but no, but now, I mean, the, the numbers went from like eighty percent of adults yeah. were just smokers through to like, regulation, through regulation, yeah. through warnings, through commercials. You remember all the commercials? I don't know if they still play oh, yeah. them, but like growing up, I remember all the commercials. Of the I think it's illegal ways you could get cancer and all of that stuff so it's like uh yeah no now you can't oh, you, you can't mean the advertise yeah, i'm talking yeah. the the the, yeah. uh, the anti-smoking mm-hmm. commercials so we have effectively turned the tide i mean the number of smokers yeah. is just in the single digits i'm making that up i think in new york city it's in the single digits i don't know what it is nationally you're talking about cigarettes and not weed cigarettes though, right? cigarettes yes and so i <laughs> as as murray like uh, takes a puff um but like I think you know that is an uh, an example of us taking something that was so culturally pervasive and so unbelievably popular and turning the tide and I think we have the power to do that we just you know we just have to believe in ourselves <laughs> All right, folks, uh, let me know what you think. Um, this is, I know, we keep we keep having to talk about Facebook because Facebook keeps being a dick. All right, let us move on to topic number three. 
So we're going to talk about parasocial relationships. And if you're like me, you thought the thing that everyone was saying was parrot social relationships, which is uh, a fun friendship with a talking bird. But parasocial relationships uh, is defined as having an emotional relationship with a media figure. So before I, uh, you know, we turn to this uh, think piece um, aspect of this, like, did this, do you have any parasocial relationships who are they with, and how do they make you feel? <laughs> I better go first, if since no one's saying anything. Uh, I, I didn't think realize no this was an intervention. Means you, this Cody. is an intervention, Murray. Um, this is an intervention. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, coming out thing. I actually do. I, I wasn't sure what this term meant, and I read it, and I was like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> now. Uh, I, I do like sports, okay? So I'm just going to throw that right. out there. So uh, this is so weird, and I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I'll speak like Instagram people. Maybe out there, maybe someone out there needs to hear this, <laughs> not be alone. <laughs> Bullshit. Okay, I totally followed A-Rod and J-Lo Instagram. <laughs> I yes. knew so much yes. about okay. all the shit they're okay. doing. And all this stuff, it's like, I'm like, why? This makes no goddamn sense. I even made jokes about it in my act and no one was laughing or even cared. <laughs> and now that she's gone with Ben Affleck, now I'm like, you know, it's like I am invested and I honestly don't know why. Wait, so how did you handle, so was there a proper breakup or did it just sort of fade? I don't like, because just the next thing I heard was that she was with Ben Affleck. Yeah, the next thing was, I saw was that butt grab, that butt grab that he yeah, did. And then the I was like, grab. I guess they're not well, together anymore. Well, since I was on there all the okay. time, <laughs> you you missed the pictures of JLo's kids, the stories of them crying on Mark oh, Anthony's lap. Stop. That's what Because it's they real. were BFFs with A-Rod's daughters. Oh, they oh. can still be friends. Well, I don't think And also okay. they don't live together. So they were living together and now they're not. Also, I mean, there might be like huge geographic disparities. I feel like the celebrities' lives are on multiple different coasts. Well, they're still both in the Hamptons because I happen to know everything okay. about them still. But I, will, I love, Murray, so how you I took do, some time to think so about Mar whether or okay. not you had one of these and then you really just took us and on now a journey. just like you are like oh, so Oh, it gets happy. worse. Can I Please. share something yes. else with yes. you? I'm, I'm, I'm scared. Okay. I'm scared for what you're about to share. No, you should okay, be scared. Go ahead. So, okay. So A-Rod, you know, J-Lo, they had, you know, six photographers with them to film the engagement at the beach. Like it was so over the top how they documented their perfect family, their perfect relationship, all of this stuff. Right. And then, you know, two minutes later, they break up and then she's with Ben Affleck. And I, this is nuts. Again, I, I, I'm in therapy. I have two therapists, so this, this is not going to help. And a psychiatrist. Is when she went to Ben Affleck, okay, in my mind, I said, you know what? I'm not that bad at having relationships because J-Lo went fucking back to Ben Affleck. Yeah, so you're doing it right. That's a fucking hot mess. Yeah. She's a celebrity. She's got everything she wants. She goes back to that dud face. Although, I'm so not doing so bad. So, Murray, what... <sighs> What, Should I go to rehab? Murray, okay, so here's my question. Again? Like, what did you get out of watching 
their photos and their like burgeoning romance, A-Rod and J-Lo? Like, what did you, did you feel like you were one of their friends? Was it like, or was it, uh, yeah, like, what did you get? I, I didn't feel like I was friends with, the, friends with them because A-Rod, I feel, is like a tool. So it was almost like a hate watching oh, kind yeah, of thing. Yeah, yeah. But I did feel invested in their relationship and part of me bought it, but I knew it was bullshit. Yeah. And that's the tricky thing of Instagram and stuff. It's like, you know, people literally, and I also watch Wade, um, uh, Dwayne Wade and Gabrielle Union. Oh, they seem like a strong couple. <laughs> they do. Yeah, but so did A-Rod. It's all bullshit. No, I, I believe the, the, it's not. It's all true. Theater. It's all true. Everything on Instagram is true. <laughs> but also, A-Rod and J-Lo had to do a pandemic. And that all... You know, if it wasn't for the pandemic, they could have gone on a few more years before realizing they were ultimately not compatible. You know what I mean? It's, I think a com- the pandemic really. Oh, like, a lot of divorces are coming out of this pandemic. <laughs> yeah, there a lot of people told, yeah, there should was an be uptick. getting divorced. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So okay, but here's the interesting thing: there is actually an upside. So we read a think piece about parasocial relationships in the New York Times, and um, the there is an upside to panda- to parasocial relationships, which is that uh, basically decades of research has shown that our identification with celebrities actually have uh, can have a positive effect on your health behavior. So think about like Elvis getting the polio shot in that one photo. By the way, I mentioned this photo in a previous uh, podcast. Everyone should look it up. I, it's like Elvis when he really looked hot. And um, but also with a needle in his arm. Uh, and um, <laughs> showbiz. <laughs> totally. Um, and uh, or you think, for example, when Katie, uh, Katie Couric um, maybe got a colonoscopy, I think like on air she got a colonoscopy. colonoscopy. Do you guys remember this? And yeah. because Katie Couric got that colonoscopy and she's like in our homes every day and every, you know, she's this beloved kind of morning show figure, um, the number of colonoscopies went up dramatically from that from from that. And another thing that I thought was interesting is that when Charlie Sheen came out as being HIV positive, uh, the number of people requesting at-home kits or buying at-home HIV testing kits went up. So there is this like – they can influence you to do positive things because you feel like – you or follow them, you're close they to can influence you to not get the COVID vaccine because they yeah, heard from also, somebody that somebody they knows balls got really big. So yes, no, exactly. They're, you know, their cousin's friend. Right. I think I think we're thinking more to like in t- times were simpler. Whereas <laughs> like right. for so social change. Yeah. And now and it's I, like, oh think, boy, do I really so want a celebrity di- to influence everything I do? So the difference is also like the parasocial relationships of your didn't really involve very much of them talking to you at all Mm -hmm. like it was like you looking at a magazine and following everything they did and maybe being you know and and um and maybe seeing you hearing a rumor about Elvis and being like oh he would never do that or whatever because you felt like you knew him but uh but the parasocial relationships of now are maybe you follow them on your Instagram. Maybe they maybe their social media manager, by the way, they all have social media managers for the record, in case we all didn't know that. But maybe their social media manager liked your comment, you know, right. on Instagram. And maybe you got a boost. Maybe you felt like JLo really liked those the you know, the emojis that you posted. Well, are you ready for this? Oh one? God. I want to hear more, Marie. <laughs> yeah, so Always scared. ready. I know. This is this is okay. Niecy Nash, you know yeah. her? Amazing. Yeah. 
Really funny. One of the funniest. Great, great uh, actress. Now, she has recently married a woman. Oh, I saw that. Jessica Beats. I don't know who that is. And now they are very, uh, her whole, her, another story I watch, all of their stories are about love, you know, all this very positive, positive. I happened to jump on their Instagram live the other day at like three in the morning. I just happened to see it. And I get on there. Okay. You ready for (laughs) this? And I just There's get a lot on, of build up, and you know, I got the blue, I got the blue check, uh, my name, sure, you know. Sure. So I get on, and I just said, I, I said hi while they're talking, and Nisi goes, Murray Hill, who's that? And I was like, Oh, oh, oh my God! Ah. And then later, I wrote showbiz, and then somebody was calling Jessica because she's androgynous, a man, and I was like, Butch respect from Brooklyn. <laughs> And they're like, Murray Hill, I like you. You DM me, okay? So did you? They said it live on thing. And I was like, oh, my God. I am talking to Nisi Nash and Jessica <laughs> Beats right now. The night before the Emmys. And I'm in Brooklyn in my rent-controlled apartment thinking about if I should use my air conditioner or not because I can't afford it. <laughs> Wait, did you DM them? But it did give me a boost. It, I was like, holy shit. And, it, and that wasn't their media manager because it was them live. Yeah. So I guess everything's addiction. I, I No, if a celebrity has ever remotely recognized me on any platform, I also get a boost. It I, is it, not that it happens all the time. Just like in the like three instances in which it has happened, I have felt like, oh, my what God. What was the last one? That, I don't know. What was the last celebrity that, that pinged you? No. OK, so this is it's not necessarily a parasocial relationship. I guess it's like maybe a regular relationship because I was mm. on an episode of Chelsea Handler show on <gasps> Netflix when she had that like weekly show on yeah. Netflix and it was um it was like this din- the she used to do these like dinners with Chelsea and it was me Reese Witherspoon Common oh. um and um ah oh, this like this like um designer I can't remember their name I'm like blanking anyway so it was like the five of us at dinner and uh I was the one person that nobody really knew <laughs> and so it's like oh do you want to hear do you want does anyone want the no name to at all to speak at all like it was like a very <laughs> weird time for me but uh no but it was great they were so nice and she had clearly like read my book and I mean it was I mean it was lovely and so uh, like once in a blue moon, Chelsea Handler will post something on a photo or something. Again, it's probably her social media manager. I can't, it can't not be right. She doesn't I know, but I, I, but I have technically met her. It. I have, te- I have, oh. you know, I've hung out. I hung out with her at her home for like a few hours. It ended up on Netflix. You know, um, it was a very fun time. It was super ridiculous. And That's pretty also amazing. I hung out with Reese Witherspoon and Common. Everyone was delightful. Here, um, I, holy shit, no big deal. This is well, what I, I think is funny. I don't know if you guys, as somebody who's like, you know, tangentially related to, you know, famous people in some ways, yes, or no, yeah, we have yeah. friends from back in the day that have become sure, famous. Sure, now famous, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. what's sort of taken away that like allure of being friends with a famous person is being like, knowing that this person in real life is a complete mess or like just not whatever. <laughs> and then their social right. media is like, look how in love they are or whatever. You're like, oh, I don't really think that they are that compatible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. knowing all that stuff. And then- so that's interesting to me. That's kind of taken away some of the the glamour of, you know, that. Yeah, I agree. I feel like that's a, I don't really get that nervous or whatever about stars anymore because I'm sort of like, oh, they were, 
you know, maybe some of them got very lucky and it was very easy and it was a meteoric rise. But, you know, some of them struggled for a long time and then eventually, you know, no one gave a shit. And then some uh, one little thing kind of happened and then another little thing kind of happened. And mm-hmm. then seven years later, they had real money. Like that's, yeah. you know, kind of. 27 years 20- later. <laughs> In my case, please Mariel, next year. You please can see come. on HBO. Um, so yeah, I feel like you're. There is something about having known people who then become famous that you sort of feel like, ah, eh, they're just a person, you right. know. But they're you, but listen, easier to see. Them I watched that way. the soap opera General Hospital. I've watched it religiously since I was ten years old. So okay, this the, is also a crazy admission. We're getting a lot I of admissions on the show. I'm happy to talk about General Hospital okay. if you want to. This whole <laughs> podcast to be. So I don't get starstruck, but I get starstruck by people who are on General Hospital, which is really That's hilarious. Hilarious because yeah. I have tons of friends that work with actors that were on General Hospital. I'm like, tell me the scoop. Like, I want to know everything. <laughs> so that's my that's awesome. my one uh, celebrity deep dive is I love the casts of General Hospital, past, present, and future. Hopefully, maybe I'll be on there one day. Okay, folks, uh, tell me what are your admissions. There were a lot of admissions on the show today, and I need to hear more about the parasocial uh, relationships that you have that you are embarrassed to share, and it is your time to now share with me. I'm all ears. I can't get enough. Oh, my God, Murray, Cody, it has been so lovely speaking with you both. What I would really love is for the people of Fake the Nation to be able to find you and enjoy all of the wonderful things that you do. Murray, where do they do that? Well, uh, to all the listeners out there, I would love to have a paranormal relationship with you. <laughs> is that the right way to say it? Parasocial. <laughs> oh shit! You're gonna you're uh, gonna haunt them. Is what you're saying as a ghost? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I would love to have a perils, peril, parasocial <laughs> relationship. Murray's with- thinking more Saw Five is what he, <laughs> is what he's thinking. <laughs> and you can find me on Instagram where I never use a filter. Nice. My handle is 12 inches. Oh, hey, take it easy. (laughs) My handle is at Murray Hill, M-U-R-R-A-Y-H-I-L-L. And if you send me a DM, I will write back so that we feel like we are real friends because it's it's hard it's hard life out there and you got to have as many friends as you can. Oh, and and it won't be a social media manager. Is that correct? Uh, we don't well, know. I am the we social media say. manager. Okay, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> For now. <laughs> Showbiz. <laughs> Cody Linkwood. Oh, by the way, don't forget to to watch Marie on uh, Hulu and on HBO, um, on Somewhere Somebody, right? On, on HBO. Somebody Somewhere. Somebody and Somewhere. And shows called Life and Beth. And uh, and also, if you have a chance to see Marie perform live in New York City, something that I've done many, many times, it is oh, it's just you will absolutely not regret it. It's some of the most fun you could possibly have with your evening. Definitely, definitely do that. You know what Joe Firestone no. st- says about me? What is Joe Firestone about say? my live performance? What? It's a lot. <laughs> that sounds like Joe. 
<laughs> and you know what? It's like the best compliment she could possibly give. Uh, Cody Linkwood, where do people find you? Um, you can find me on Instagram. I will not post any body shots that make you feel bad. You'll feel real good about your body after my <laughs> boring ass Instagram, Cody Linkwood, or Twitter. And I have a live show. We're starting to do live shows again, which is pretty exciting. Oh, so fun! Uh, our next one is October 25th at Caveat, so you can find tickets there. I'm excited uh, to be around humans what the show's again. Called? It's called remind Two Beers him. In, a Tipsy Political Roundtable. So, you know, oh, we get we're folks. gonna get some drinks and we're gonna talk about some stuff. You know, I have done this show. It is so fucking fun. So if you are anywhere near the tri-state area, you should absolutely get tickets to go see the show at Caveat Caveat, which is also uh, an iconic little New York comedy yeah. spot. So go, definitely go. Um, all right. And you know where to find me and all of the things that I do. I have an upcoming episode of Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me. I have a, also an upcoming episode of Star Talk. So I hope you join me there. Um, but I would really love uh, to thank the people that make this show happen. That's our wonderful producer, Julia Linden, our wonderful sound engineer, Stephanie Aguilar, with help from Clementine Yost, and all the wonderful people at HeadGum. Our theme music was written by Gabby Alter. And as always, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. Um, we'll read your comment on the show. I forgot to grab, I noticed there were some new comments. Uh, I will read those next week. So thank you so much for posting those, uh, you guys. I really, really appreciate it. You can email us at fakethenation at headgum.com. Again, that's fakethenation at headgum.com. Uh, send us your guest ideas, your content ideas, uh, just idea ideas. And again, join the Patreon for bonus content and so much more. Um, many levels of support. That's patreon.com slash Farsad. And we'll be back in your earballs next week. That was a HeadGum Podcast. <laughs>